0: You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick
1: Hadrava. Hey guys, this is Rick Hadrava, your host for another edition of The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast so excited to have you join us today for this episode and you know i was thinking back as i was preparing for this episode and our guest today it was a few years ago that my family and i moved into a new house and if you've ever gone through that adventure you know that there's several things that have to take place and you know getting your utilities changed over your mail forwarded yes your cable and your internet But for me, it was also my security system, and you know, my whole adult life, I've been with one security company, and it was a very big one. And it was through my affiliation with USAA that uh, I came upon that relationship. And really, I took it for granted; it was no big deal. They always seemed to get done uh, what I needed as I moved from house to house and town to town over the years. And you know. I I came to expect a certain level from them and got to be honest with you, as I stumbled through trying to connect with the customer service of this company, trying to get a technician out, it just became one mess after another. And really what happened is I lost my confidence in this company and they had grown big and they had merged with another big company. And quite frankly, customer service had gone out the window, at least in my experience. And that's when I turned to this guy. Um, I, I can't really tell you where I met Bill Davy and how we connected, but I can tell you that he was the guy I called when I was looking for a new company to come in and install my security system for the new house and you know i'm I'm very honored to to have him today because the thing of it is is as Bill and I struck up a conversation as he was putting in our security systems. I realized that this guy was an entrepreneur. He wasn't just uh, an installer or or trying to sell me a security system, but he was a businessman. And I've been after him for a while now to come to the show. And, you know, this entrepreneur, he's been in the alarm and security business for over 30 years. He's a new author, just got a new book out. He's big on networking. We're going to talk about that. And he's the owner of a couple different companies having sold one of those businesses. And so I'm excited to have on the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast today, uh, Mr. Bill Davy. Bill, thanks so much for taking time to be on the call.
0: Hey, Rick. I've been listening for a long time. The show's awesome. And uh, thanks for having me. You've had a lot of great people on that I know personally, and I'm honored to do this.
1: Well, I really, I really appreciate your kind words. Look, let's the thing that sticks out to me early on as I was reading through kind of your notes, at age 12, you were an entrepreneur. We always like to start with a little bit of background on how you got to where you are. Tell me a little bit about that, if you would.
0: Well, an interesting story. I, I can tell you that I'm surrounded by a lot of phenomenal people, especially my family, who are very entrepreneurial, and they're very, very successful. And I think that's a pretty big driver going to my parents and I'm happy to say that it's my dad's 75th birthday this weekend. So happy birthday dad. And uh, he still works every day. He's got a lot of different operations. So that kind of inspires people to do things. And and thinking back with your question as a kid, um, I was a very hyperactive, high energy kid to the day. I'm like that. And I mean, we would sell trinkets door to door. We would sell golf balls on on the number nine. I'm sorry, the number eight green at Quell Creek Golf and country club. We'd mow yards. We do miscellaneous projects. I was a, co salesman in high school i've I've worked at every restaurant i've I mean I can tell you, Rick, I've cleaned dishes, I've waited tables and we were talking earlier I, I was we sold a building downtown. I was going through some of my old records and as a junior in high school I, I was looking at deposits of about seven thousand dollars a month and I just kind of was looking at that and reflecting like how many adults that that you know back in that era were making that kind of money. So it was really just interesting to see that and just the things you were doing and it it was just high energy we've just I've always been very hyperactive
1: let me ask you that begs a question to me in all your years as an entrepreneur as a business person how important do you think sales is as a business owner
0: well i think it's everything um everybody's selling i don't care what you're doing um but I also feel it's very important, you know. That I have my technical team to to cover what I'm doing. But for me, and being trained under Zig Ziglar and some of these great people, I think sales to me is everything. It's, I mean, it's the highest paid profession in the world, next to acting and next to uh, sports figures.
1: It's good. I like to I like to hear that and get your experience because obviously you were a young salesman, very successful at a young age. I too was you know, we, we talked about this. I too had some experience with Cutco. I think mine was probably a little less successful than yours. Uh, but it was a learning point. It's something that stuck with me all, all these years. And so, you know, so here you are, Bill, you've been around your family is, is a bunch of successful people. It just exudes your dad's a prime example at 75, still going strong in the business. You've got all these great people Um, what was it for you that that got you into your first company? And I believe that was Global Link Systems, correct?
0: Yeah, Global Link Systems, G-L-O-B-E-L-N-K. It kind of started... Um, I think I was kind of a born kind of a CEO. I didn't really ever like people telling me what to do. And as a hyperactive kid, that's kind of sometimes a challenge. I have people to the day that ask me about, you know, how do I handle my hyperactive kid? And I always tell them like, what would happen if Richard Branson and Steve Jobs were given hyperactive medicine? So that was just my one man's theory. But I went to John Marshall High School, which um, it's a blessing now at the time, it didn't feel that way. It was a culture shock with um, a lot of different people, a lot of different cultures. And I still have a lot of good friends from that experience. But I think the pivotal moment that got me where I'm at today was I was in the deck of class and there's a, a teacher named Clyde Taylor and he got me started at First Enterprise Bank and pretty cool deal when you get school credits to go work every day. And um, I'd go to class till noon and I'd work from one to six, one to seven. And that whole banking experience just, I mean, it was amazing. I learned about collections and loans and people. I watched one of my bosses who's not with us buy Shepherd Mall for $3 million and flip it for $50 million. Um, another owner, Bill Richardson, he was a big car guy. and He would give me his $100,000 cars and he was out of town to go get them fixed and get things done. So uh, I think pivotal from that was trust, respect. And I saw a lot with business like collections, for example. I learned a lot about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it was just an interesting, an interesting process. And that's what kind of stepped me into my, my entrepreneurial journey.
1: Well, and that's an interesting thing because you got to experience things. And I think that's what what's so powerful about a program like DECA is it opened the doors for you to get a taste of the business world. But how did that nurture you as you decided to go launch your own company?
0: Well, they, they got me through UCO. My parents helped Pell Grants. Um, luckily, I came out of school with no debt. Um, I was part of Kappa Sigma Fraternity at, at UCL. I graduated in 94. And it was just interesting to say all these different things I was doing on the side all through high school and college. We were mowing yards. We were cleaning dishes. We were doing all this stuff. But I decided I was going to be a banker. And, and at the time, all my uh, fraternity brothers and friends, they're going out making sixty, seventy thousand dollars 70000 a year. I was making about $1,300 a month. And I've always had the passive mindset. I've always had this RMR. And in my industry, in the alarm industry, it's called recurring monthly revenue, And I was 20 years old. I had just purchased my first house. And I just kept thinking to myself, what happens if I get hurt, if I can't work? So that's when it kind of started that, you know, I learned that you have to make money in your sleep to be wealthy and successful, in my humble opinion. And in 1994, 1995, I started my first company. I I got out there. I had an accountant. I filed my LLCs. And uh, my dad and I started an alarm company. And that's how it all kind of started back in like 1994 to 95-ish.
1: What were the and that I love it because that's what entrepreneurs are all about, right? Like, you Absolutely. Not, only, not only do you have the vision, but you take the action, right? Not and, and not always knowing the outcomes at the end of the day. But I'm curious, what were the early days like for you and your dad with this new company?
0: Well, we sold in mid 90s, we sold alarm systems door to door and through seminar sales. And these systems are about two, $3,000 a piece. And I would almost tell you in this day and age to go out and sell a two, $3,000 system might be somewhat complicated door to door. So let's go back to the 90s. But you, you learn really quick. And I was super successful at this. Um, in the early 90s, I had 400,000 revenue. I was working out of the back bedroom And I think when I look back, I've got a friend named Gary LaRue, and he talks about IOF, and that means ignorance on fire. If you've ever met that person, you have no idea what they're selling, right, Rick? You're like, I don't know what this guy's selling, but I like him. And positive energy can move mountains. It can change the world. And in this process, I love being told no. And trust me, I've a thousand no's. And I think it kind of improved my life going through that process as a young business owner.
1: When you say improve your life, was that because you learned how to overcome objections, or was it because your skin got a little tougher uh, and no became an easier thing to, to
0: take. All the above. I've never been the smartest guy in the room, but I know how to. And one thing, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, we go find another room. But what I did <laughs> learn, what I did learn is how to ask the right questions, right? And, and yes. learning that. So then I, then I find myself studying under Zig Ziglar, you know, readers are leaders and earners are learners. And, you know, one of our core values as a family and as a business is to learn and grow. So at, on that process in the early years, I was just taking a ton of information on learning how to overcome objections.
1: Excellent. And I, and I I appreciate you sharing that because uh, I think so many people, they get frozen by the whole concept of going out there. They've got a great message, maybe a great mission, but they just lack that confidence to go out there and take a no and learn from it. As the company grew, though, and we've talked about this, you, you guys started to add another dimension to what you were offering for your firm. And it was very beneficial for your company and for you personally.
0: Yeah, it's a pivotal moment. Um, I was in grad school at the time. I flunked out of grad school because I had to put my energy into this operation. And so basically what had happened was we, this new thing came out called alarm monitor. And the alarm monitor is really not that old. And it was like, wow, I can sell these systems. And now we've got residual. And I think everybody wants mailbox money or they call it, I call it RMR. But a pivotal moment in my world was when a private equity guy came to me and he said, hey, I'm going to give you 36 to 48 times on this paper you're writing for this thing called alarm monitoring. I'm like, all right, so a 48-month deal um, would give me about 1,500 cash in my pocket. And at that pivotal moment, Rick, I'm kind of like, why is this guy doing that? And I thought about value and longevity. And at that point, I said to my wife at the time, we've been working since we were 20 years old together. We started this thing together. I said, we are going to start investing in alarm paper uh, 25,000 plus, uh, sales later, I, I can tell you that you need a lot of capital to get these systems in homes. And when we started, it was even the bank I used to work for, I, I couldn't get a loan on people's paper. So we ventured off and we started using 0% credit cards and we would get fifty, sixty, $70,000 lines. And, you know, uh, remember you get those little checks in the mail and you would say, <laughs> all right, They're going to get me for this 25% interest. Let's get to the new credit card. And I don't, it sounds crazy, but Rick, that's how we did it. And that was the only way we could do it.
1: So Bill, can we go a little deeper for maybe somebody in the audience, uh, myself included, explain what alarm paper means.
0: Alarm paper is an agreement. So Rick, when I came to your house, I put an agreement together. I'm going to say, Rick, it's going to be, you know, 15, 20, 30 bucks a month, depending on the packages. And it's a 36 month plan. So now you're obligated to, you know, pay that for the 36 months and you can leverage that through different private equity firms or sell it or keep it or whatever you you want to do with it, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, it strikes me because um, we've done work before where we've done a little case study and we showed a security company, ironically, and we showed the valuation metrics for a security company that didn't have that recurring revenue model with the alarm monitoring and then versus one that did. And as we know, the reason that that private equity or venture capital guy or whoever it was, the reason he's willing to write a bigger check is because that's income. They know it. It's, it's pretty stable. And um, so that's a wonderful thing. As you look back on those early days, is there, is there anything that sticks out and you're like, wow, that was a, a pivotal moment for us in in that or i learned something that excelled what what i where i am today for you
0: well i can tell you that it wasn't easy it was stressful it was a struggle uh, but then again i think back in 08 and 09 i'm a great networker had a lot of people referring business we were we bought a building downtown for pennies on the dollar that we sold for a really great profit we were buying stocks like bank of america and ford for dollars so yeah, those first ten years, but then it started to cash flow, right? And when things start to cash flow, it's a different, you know, it's a different play, and it was it was good to see. You kind of, you know, you, you plant that that seed for something tomorrow, and that was kind of our our whole mo on, on building this operation.
1: Yeah, you bet, and, and that is that is spectacular, and you know that's that's a great message for our entrepreneurs out there is, is to think about, you know, how you plant the seeds for that cash flow, like you've talked about early on. Well, Bill. Um, is GlobeLink the company that you then went on and actually sold?
0: Yeah. So basically, what had taken place, which is really kind of a cool, kind of a cool process. So in 2012, I um, there's a gentleman named Dusty Bourne. He owns Four Corners Homes, and I went and pitched him one day. I'm, I'm always out selling, you know, the ABC of of business to always be closing, but. As I sat down with Dusty, we were talking about us doing their security needs for their homes, and he he pitched me on this thing called the Entrepreneurs Organization. And as entrepreneurs listen to this, I feel it's really important to kind of get some people behind you, to get some engine power. But this was a group designed to help Million Dollars Company grow. Uh, at the time, I'll be honest, Rick, my revenues were barely there. We had passive almost like nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand dollars. But I, I got in, I may have fudged a little bit, but <laughs> you as, I sold got, yourself, as I got right uh, yeah, I got in and this thing changed my life and now I'm running with successful people and, and and when I say successful I always use the term blue-collar successful people because They're doing phenomenal things, but they're really normal people So in EO and that's what we call our entrepreneurs organization EO We had all these different CEOs come in and talk to us. It was really powerful So I had a guy named Frank fellers come in. He's a large rapper. He does like wrapping of cars and stuff and We were talking after this lunch and he said I want you to read the book Um, focused by Al Rice. And I said, all right. And he kind of looked at me and he said, at the time we had about six companies, insurance and real estate and all this different stuff. But he said to me, which one of these companies is going to make you 10 million or 20 million or $50 million. So I kind of looked back and I I pretty much sold every operation we had, Rick. And I just said, "Um, we're going to do this. We're going to make this thing uh, we're going to make it grow. So I got with Brad Haynes on it. I was introduced to Brad Haynes at Bank7 through my EO group. And uh, here we go. And he gave me the line of credit. Now, we've never been a debt family, but we figured it was time. If we're really going to push this thing up, we've got we've to do it. And that's what we did up to about 2016.
1: Okay. Wow. So, um, and then talk a little bit about getting that business to the point where you did sell. Um, I know, you know, we don't have to go into specifics, but what was the attitude? Yeah. What was that experience like for you?
0: This is about the craziest experience I can tell you. Um, we didn't ramp, we didn't grow, but we scaled, Rick. We 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 scaled you know four or five years. We um, it was amazing. I mean, we just did some really cool things. We had trucks, we had people, and in 2016 I, I got that call to be acquired and they didn't want the company, they just wanted the assets, which would be the book of business. And at that time, um, I remember meeting with my accountants and my financial advisors and we're calculating and I I wasn't really sure if I was ready to to do this, right? But when you look at the numbers and they tell you that, Bill, you'll make more money uh, not working and not running your business, that's something you really have to think about. And we talked about some of those multiples early on in this podcast, but so we decided to do it. We're going to make a life change. And uh, I remember closing this deal and I remember... A really good friend, Dima Ramadan, called me. She owns DBG Construction. She goes, how do you feel? And that's an EO thing. Like, how do you feel? And I just said, it was like I just sent my daughter to college. I was very excited, but very, very sad at the same time. And, and sometimes it sounds really great and really grandiose, but sometimes you lose your identity. And it's, sometimes it's, it's just things are different, right? If that makes any sense.
1: Absolutely. And and it's very common. So one of the statistics we know, Bill, is that something like 70 to 80% of business owners that actually sell their business regret it after a year, you know? Sure. I get and it. So I'm curious, did, did that happen to you?
0: Uh, absolutely. So 2017, I had just said, I'm going to retire. I'm done. Not, you know, I'm not going to work anymore. I played a lot of golf and um, after several months, I kind of flunked retirement. But what I will tell you for me personally and in my experience, um, I lost my identity. I lost the fact that I used to be kind of a big deal. I'd fly into trade shows and they'd buy me big steak dinners. They were flying me out to the Broadmoor every year. The vendors were loving on me. And I remember going to the trade show and no one really wanted to talk to me anymore. I mean, they still said hi, but it wasn't like it used to be. And, and no more private trips to the Broadmoor. So you kind of look at your identity and Rick, it just kind of, you, you lose something. I can't, it's, it's hard to explain, but that was no longer there anymore.
1: And it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, you, you've poured your energy and in years into building that you identify with that. And then, you know, Hey, the money's great. Let's not, let's not discount that. But all of a sure. sudden, all of a sudden you've got to figure out your next chapter. So after Absolutely. you kind of, after you kind of worked through that, Bill, talk to us about your next chapter. What what happened for you?
0: Well, good question. So I've made some investments on a couple different things. So I will tell you that um, 2018, remember the, mo- the movie City Slickers? Remember Curly? Absolutely. All right. What did he say? You only got to be good at one thing, right? So I tried some other things. Um, and I just said, man, the only thing I know is the alarm business, right? So we are reinvesting in in our business again. But we're doing it in a different way. Um, right now, I'm, I've gone from back in the old days of 20% margins. I grew last year to 60% margins. So we have built such a lean machine, and sometimes people don't like our processes, but that's okay. We're not the right fit for them. But you know, we're so lean that we can offer $15 wireless monitoring rates, or I can offer a free system with four free cameras, and we invest in our clients now. Our company has no debt, and we don't have to pay anything on advertising or marketing just for things we've done in the past. And so we're doing it different. And the next thing I will tell you is I took a lot of my, my team members that used to work as employees. And I said, Hey guys, I want you to go start a company. I want you to be a contractor for me. And as a result of that, Rick, um, we have great people. We are doing phenomenal stuff. I'm helping people grow businesses. I'm teaching them how to do businesses and and man, Rick, we're doing cool stuff. Video analytics. We're working on twenty thousand foot buildings, fire systems, and and you know, still helping like your house. And we did your home, just simple right. stuff like like that. So <clears throat> it's amazing. And, and the dynamics have changed dramatically. And everybody's just happier. I mean, it's really just a, a much better place.
1: You know what I love about that, Bill, is you you kind of reach back and you're bringing up the people that helped you be successful. And Absolutely. and you're de- and you're developing them and giving them their entrepreneurial launch. What a great job! I, I really, really love to hear that story. Well, listen. So as as you think about business today, what's what's the future for Bill Davy?
0: Well, good question. We will always keep doing our alarm stuff because that's just something you're doing 30 years. We're never going to give up on that. But I did make an investment in uh, master networks this year, which masternetworks.com. And this is just my love of of education and training. And you mentioned earlier, I've got a book, but I think for me, Rick, it's time for me to go beyond the business. And in master networks, we believe that we are just one relationship from someone changing your future. Um, It's just time for me to become a leader and, as you know, leaders are not, it's not a title, it's an accent, an action. So I want you to show me, don't tell me. And now I get to work with cool people like, you know, Dave Jinks, who has sold millions of books and trains millions of people. And I think the life strategy is, uh, I'm, I'm going to be 50 next June. So I'm, I'm right now I'm, I'm going back and I'm pretending like I'm on the porch at 60 years old and I'm kind of like, what's, what's my legacy. And I got the opportunity to hang out with Barry Willingham up at Shangri-La. He's the CEO and he's a big boater. I'm a big boater. And he just kind of said, when you're on that boat, sometimes you got to turn around and look backwards, right? And kind of figure out where you've been. Because now in this day and age, it's always like, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? What's the goals? What's the mindset? So in doing this lifeline and talking with you, it's kind of looking back, and I I did this in my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, and everything in my world was predicted. I can tell you that. So I physically write down my missions and dreams. And Rick, anybody listening to this, I can promise you, if you write things down, they come true. If it's just something floating around in your head, it's not going to happen. So you write this stuff down. I promise you, you will will find your place.
1: You know... There's something about, I love to take a yellow pad just periodically with a pen and do exactly what you're talking about. And it's something I recommend all the time because there's something about your idea, finding its way to the end of that pen, onto that paper, and you being able to look at what you've written and visualize what that looks like. So. Um I'm excited to see where this goes and when you hit fifty, uh we'll celebrate for sure because it it is a awesome. different milestone. It's a great milestone because you realize you got a lot of things left to do. so I appreciate that. Well, bill, we're coming towards the end of the show. I, I'm curious before we wrap up today if you were giving advice to entrepreneurs and, and you know I I don't know everybody's got their own timeline. They're maybe starting a business sure. right now. maybe they're maybe they're like, You've been in the past where, hey, they're actually negotiating the sell of a business that they've they've sure. cultivated over the years. What would be the one piece of advice for them to walk away from this this episode with today?
0: Well, one thing I'm I'm just going to kind of say that I call that vice. And one thing I don't ever give is advice because it can really hurt relationships. So I do give my experience share because I think that's, you know, this is how Bill experiences and they can't get upset with me. I think the experience share I can tell you in my history is if you will find your passion and you, I promise you, you will never work a day in your life and and don't chase the money. I think you need to let the money chase you. And if you're working in a a place or a business and you're not happy with what you're doing, if you don't find passion in that, I think it might be time to do something else because who wants to be miserable? You're going to work more than you sleep, right? I think I talk about that in my book, that you're going to be working more than you sleep. So why not make that enjoyable? And I think that's really, really important.
1: Just a great way to wrap up the show. So then it just leaves the, the last piece of, of the conversation today. And that is Bill, you've got so much so much going on with your networks. You've got the book. You you know, you've got your companies. If somebody wants to learn more about you and and wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: Well, first thing I'll tell you is just wrapping up the book, The Go Giver. Um it's about giving time to people. So the first thing I will do is give you my personal cell phone number that anybody can use, and my number is four zero five. 2006869, that's 2006869. You can also email me at my security office, which is Bill, B-I-L-L dot Davey, D-A-V-E-Y, at globe, G-L-O-B-E, link, L-I-N-K, systems with an S dot com.
1: Fantastic. Well, Bill, hang on the phone with me for just a little bit. We're going to wrap up here and you and I can have a a, a little wrap up awesome. of our own. But guys, in case you missed any of that contact information or you'd like to find the show notes to this call, be sure to check out our website at www.epic.com sbiz. dot com forward slash podcast. That's epic s b i z. dot com forward slash podcast. You'll get these show notes. You'll get this episode. Hey, you'll even get some of our prior podcast. Be sure to check it out. If you like the show, be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. They tell me that's important. Make sure to subscribe so you can catch our future episodes. And be sure to check out the website, epicsbiz.com. We've got great resources and information for you uh, that we like to share. So until next time, thank you for listening. And remember, we're only getting started.
0: The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com formula. And remember, we're only getting started.